What a glorious truth that God inhabits the praise of his people. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 5 and let's roll. Luther wrote, no man is ready for ordination into ministry until first equipped to lead worship. Why? Because the elder is the worship leader, not the music guy. Elders give an account. Their teaching either becomes the basis of the people's worship or its absence will be evident in the song selection. Music is a great gift from God. Songs serve very important points and reasons. They help us prepare. They illustrate. They get our hearts ready for the word. And though they should require the same hermeneutical precision and purposefulness, they can never subtract nor substitute for the preached word. The song is servant to the preached word of the living God. When we prepare for services... Are our people picking up on that? See, as elders, we give the example. People will watch, they'll follow. Are we giving the example of joyful, humble worshipers of the living God? Jesus is the attraction. Jesus is the audience. Jesus' word is the apex of every worship service. Music can never, ever bring us to God. Jesus does that. In sorrow, we Him. Jesus brings comfort. Singing together releases endorphins in the brain that makes us feel united. Jesus unites. Now, I recognize that this is minister school, not music school, but neglecting the theological implications and ramifications of what we're doing when we worship has resulted in a situation much like Aaron's calf. People threw it in, and an idol jumped out. Do the songs we sing line up to Scripture? Are they about Christ? Are they about the gospel? Because if not, they shouldn't be sung. Historically, elders chose, wrote, and led the worship. Our Baptist forefathers frantically tried to prevent worship led more by emotion than biblical truth. That's why they for years prohibited songbooks, pianos, shape notes, even women singing. Now, as we know, there's nothing wrong with those things. But consider the typical worship service. People are either bored, distracted, or drained. Perhaps the music's so cold and dry, they've fallen asleep before the preacher even gets started. What I'm saying is this, as we look... And we examine the great God that we serve. He deserves much more than the worship that we often bring to him. Even worse is icing. It's time for the word of God. But first, the song request. One day we're going to gather at his throne. One day we're going to see the image of the invisible God. One day we're going to bust out in loud singing. Praising worthy are you, Lord. How we will worship then should instruct us in the here and now. Revelation chapter 5, as John is suffering on the Isle of Patmos, he writes to the churches to strengthen them, to preach on, to press on, to persevere until Jesus comes. He encourages the churches to keep their worship holy and pure, even despite emperors, Satan's synagogues, even Jezebel's. As John records the hymn selection, five songs in chapters 4 and 5, he stresses God's throne, 
Satan's doom, and the ultimate victory secured in Christ. Worship begins at his throne. The Lord reigns. Worship at his footstool. There's a scroll with seven seals. God's plans for human history, both salvation and judgment. If it stays closed, God's purposes are not accomplished. There is no point. There is no end to persecution. Mankind is doomed. John weeps. So much for no tears in heaven. John weeps because as the angels search, no one is found worthy to take that scroll, open it. The one who opens it carries it out. The elder says, stop weeping. The lion from the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Jesus is worthy. He is overcome. He died. He rose again. He knows all. He sees all. He has all authority, all power in heaven and in earth. He will himself bring human history to its end. Verse 6, John says, I saw a lamb as if slain. Worship is the soul's response to divine truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. He is the devouring lion and he's the delivering lamb. Until that day, everything we do must be unto him who loved us and washed us with his own blood. Because of the ultimate price he's given for us, we should be gladly and joyfully giving everything we can in worship and praise to him. Till then, everything we do is for him. Then he will make every wrong right. And forever we will worship the only one who's been found worthy. Colossians 3 tells us that we're to let his word dwell within us richly as we sing and admonish and instruct one another. What word? The gospel. We've been commissioned to sing the gospel. Is that what lost people are hearing when they come in and hear us sing? There should be a huge difference between a church's worship and that in which you'll find on Bill Street or on Music Row. Mainly this. The skill is taking biblical truth from Scripture, putting it in music, so that our worship is done both in spirit and in truth. Here we see a perfect example of this. As the Lamb takes that scroll, the four beasts and the 24 elders representing the church, they fall down before Him with their harps, Could be electric guitars. No, I'm just kidding. With their harps. And they fall down before him. They're not studying their notes. They're not playing with their thumbs. They're not looking for a text. Listen, quite honestly, you can't fix your sermon the 15 minutes before you preach. You set the example of worship. They're not standing there going, we don't know this one. How does this song sound? How does this go? No, they fall on their faces and worship to the only one that is worthy. Regardless of your musical skill, you as an elder will set the example of what it means to worship God. Verse 9, and they sang a new song. Our ministries right now focus on one truth. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We proclaim Him. Then there will be no more preaching. A lot of loud singing as we sing to and about him for who he is and what he's done for us. Notice, as they sing this song, what this song is about. Verse 9, and they sung a new song. Singing. 
Worthy, thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof. The cost, for thou wast slain. And the work of redemption hast redeemed us to God. The payment by the blood. The people bought out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The result, he has made us a kingdom of kings and priests. So what? We will reign with him. It is our union and our fellowship with Christ that produces joyful worship. It is his work upon the cross that makes our worship acceptable before a holy God. Songs must first instruct the mind before they can ever properly engage the heart. When we don't worship or we will not worship because it's contemporary. Or we can't because it's southern gospel. Or we don't because it just sounds so old. We've totally missed the point. Jesus has broken the wall of hostility. It's all for him. It's not our preferences. It's Lord, what pleases you? Because if it pleases you, Lord, I will gladly sign up. I'll gladly give every bit I've got. Why? Because you're worthy. See, it is a sin, a grievous sin for genre and melodies to move us more than the truth that we are conveying when we sing. Truth trumps tune. Songs. When we don't worship, we've forgotten it's Him. The angels follow, singing with loud voices. Worthy is the Lamb. And all of heaven will never get tired singing. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. It was He who gave up the glories of heaven. Eternal God who became man. Who lived a perfect sinless life. Who went to the cross and there upon the cross gladly took our place. It was He who stood in our place. It is He who lived for me and died for me and rose again for me. And it is Him that we will sing until the day we'll get to, as Dr. Collins said, meet me at the feet. That lamb, that lamb's bruised heel crushed the head of the serpent, broke the power of sin, defeated Satan, gave life to what was dead, and part of that life, out of that well of salvation, comes a glad song. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. As we sing... Let us think about what he's done for us. As we sing, let's think about the lamb's death who paid our sin debt, who took our punishment, who satisfied the father's wrath, who secured our redemption, who bought our adoption. Let's cut it short. He's worthy. He's worthy. As we think about the gospel, our hearts should be moved. Preachers preach it, singers sing it. It's all about the Word of God. 
It's the word of God that's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's not some song. God speaks. We believe that. That God speaks to us. How does God speak? Through his word. That's the reason why this glorious gift of music must be appreciated and used properly. Why? Because it's a glorious gift he's given to us. And we will be responsible for how we've used it. Let's praise the lamb that was slain. Finally, the loudest crescendo in the entire Bible. Because he humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death. Therefore, the Father hath highly, highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, That at the name of Jesus, the loudest crescendo in all the Bible, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence, And with all. For now, we sing from a perishing body. We won't get it perfect. But aren't you thankful that Christ perfects our offerings? His work upon the cross is what makes what we do acceptable. Therefore, that gives me motivation to do the very best I can for Him. Knowing that though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day in preparation for that day when our praise will be perfect. Because the object of our praise, Jesus Christ, He's perfect. And He's worthy. As we do, let's center our worship upon His throne, sing of His work, And remain steadfast in his cause. The gate is narrow. The way is straight. But heaven's going to be filled with a vast multitude. Singing, you are worthy. How does the Lord want our music? The only scriptural president we have is that he likes it loud. You see, in heaven, they worship with presto, with all they got. And when we love the Lord with all our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, we will be giving God all we got. Why? Because He's worthy and we love Him. And all of heaven will say, Amen. As we sing blessing and honor and glory and power, Be unto him that sits upon a throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. 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 May God bless you. I thank you for this opportunity and this privilege. Let's do all we can to make sure that our worship stays scriptural and biblical.
And that most of all, we do it unto him.